After we were caught up in a wave of ecstasy thanks to UCLA winning in miraculous fashion over the weekend against Washington State, where are you now, Bruin football fans, as far as your confidence with the team? Was this a launching pad? Is there much more to come of similar performances? I will tell you how I feel on the matter, but first want to welcome you in to another episode of Locked on Bruins. Brian Fenley with you. You can follow me on Twitter at Brian Fenley. You can send me an email, lockedonbruins at gmail.com. Fire away. Tell me what's on your mind about this team. Tell me what you thought this win says about the future of the program. Are you starting to buy in again? Are you going to show up to the Rose Bowl again? Some people I've talked to were losing hope of that, but maybe this win against Washington State will put some more fannies in seats, if I may, as we get back into the home slate following this road matchup Saturday against Arizona. A little bit about me. I am also a co-host for UCLA's Coaches Show and I'm a national anchor for Fox Sports Radio. But before I tell you the bullet points of what is to come on this show and this episode, I've got to take a moment to, to thank all of you for making this a regular part of your day. We are a pretty new podcast channel, and we have surpassed 11,000 downloads, and we've got so much more to to conquer here and, and to get to but couldn't do any of this without you and because the UCLA football team has some momentum I feel like that sort of parallels to, to this podcast channel and we're starting to pick up some momentum as well and for any of you who have not hit that subscribe button we just greatly would appreciate that as we build the army of Bruin football fans. So here's what we've got for you today. As we turn the dial towards Arizona and that game in Tucson coming up on Saturday, I want to point out the most vital, perhaps game-changing element of this matchup between the Bruins and Wildcats and why I think this point is going to perhaps, I, I, I honestly think, decide the outcome of the game. Plus, with the Wildcats now standing 2-1 and one on the season, they are on a two-game winning streak. What is to make of their recent winning ways, and how have they improved? I will look at some analytics and some stats, courtesy of the Arizona Daily Star, to to give you a sense of why the Wildcats are trending in the right direction. Plus, their head coach, Kevin Sumlin, last week seen riding a helicopter. What in the world is he doing? We will unpack this as well on the show. But you know what, Bruin fans? I got to start out by talking about Kevin Sumlin. You know him pretty well. He knows UCLA pretty well. He's an expert in blowing leads, big leads to the Bruins, I should say. Just two years ago, he let a 34-point lead evaporate as the head coach at Texas A&M, and that was under Jim Mora. And his team now, Arizona, is coming off a second bye week. That is because they played in Week 0, and when they played Week 0, they were at Hawaii, and the Wildcats completely barfed it up. 
the Pac-12 took a gut punch to its standing towards the rest of the Power Five conferences when the first week of football season, the Pac-12 has a team that loses to Hawaii. So that doesn't look good in the national spotlight. But, and honestly, I'm sure the fans, the Wildcat fans following the loss were dry heaving all over the place. But the fact is they had Northern Arizona the following week in Following the the loss to Hawaii, you know there was concern: would anybody show up to the game at or to the game in Tucson against Northern Arizona? And it's an FCS opponent. And yes, the Wildcats ended up beating Northern Arizona, but uh, the Wildcats gave up over forty points to an FCS team. So their defense not exact not exactly winning any awards anytime soon. And and. And you look at their non-conference schedule, and not exactly a tough one, to say the least. So they beat Northern Arizona, and then they went up against Texas Tech. Now you're like, oh, Texas Tech, that's a Power 5 team. This is not the Mike Leach Texas Tech. This is a Tech team that has two wins against Montana State and UTEP. So not exactly heavy hitters here. For Arizona and to each their own, but they are looking at the non-conference schedule as a Las Vegas buffet line where stuff their faces and gobble everything down in front of them when I honestly can understand the outlook towards that. There's some sex appeal and having a record that stands as two and one looks better on the surface than the Bruins who are one and three, but I think because... They, and I'm talking about Arizona, has played such easy teams. I don't know how much we can take from their prior games as what to expect or give us major hints to what we're expected to see against UCLA. I just don't think that we've had a strong sample size of that. So when I do look at this game... For UCLA and the Wildcats, you know, I think about how does UCLA avoid what they did last weekend in becoming a one-hit wonder and and that they prevent from defaulting back to the struggles that they encountered the first three games of this year. I I think it comes down to you got to stop missing tackles. You know, and I've heard several people when recapping the game against Washington State point out to the endless number of arm tackles which is never a good thing and then the poor angles that tacklers were taking which is a recipe for disaster and because Washington State had 150 yards rushing that scares me a little bit because you know Mike Leach and for him to run the football it's basically sacrilegious So as much as Leach has a distaste for running the football, Arizona lusts over being able to pound the rock, and they average 300 yards rushing per game. So I proceed a little bit cautiously when I think about how our defense is going to stack up against the running game. Now, I am comforted in the fact that Keyshawn Luthier South is back for the Bruins, and 
He had the game-clinching strip sack last weekend against Washington State, and we certainly missed his presence in the first three games when he was out because of academic shortcomings. But Keyshawn Lucier-South was involved in the media availability yesterday at practice, and he was asked, well, he got to the quarterback late against Washington State in that game. Why didn't you get to him earlier? And he said, well, they got rid of the football so fast, I didn't have any chance to get there. So when you look at Arizona's total offensive yards per game, it's third most in the country, it's 586 yards per game, and your initial reaction is astonishment and fear because, well, that's what's going to go up against the Bruins coming up on Saturday. I say don't get too blown away by this because I feel like it's fool's gold. They haven't really played anybody. The stats are thus inflated. It's basically like when Russell Westbrook, a former Bruin, intentionally misses a shot so he can get his own rebound and his 10th rebound to make sure he gets that triple-double. The Arizona football team is pulling a a Russell Westbrook in this situation. Now, they are good. Their running game is stellar, nevertheless. J.J. Taylor, one of their best running backs, though, is working through an injury. He hasn't practiced a lot recently, so we don't know his status, but it will certainly be something to monitor. All right, coming up, what evidence do we have that delineates the Arizona football team have indeed improved since Week 0 against Hawaii? Plus, what's Kevin Sumlin doing riding in a helicopter? But first, make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Enter promo code KICKOFF at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. Appreciate you hanging out with us on Locked On Bruins. Brian Fenley with you. One Tucson newspaper, the Arizona Daily Star, was studying trends and stats and getting into analytics about the Arizona football team in a way to indicate how they have gotten better since their first game of the season. And what this publication did is they looked at the average yards needed to convert on third downs, looking at the Wildcats over the first three games this season for them. They noticed against Hawaii, the average on third downs was 9.6 yards. Now that is a tough assignment when you're backed up with basically third and 10 every time. That average did sink down against Northern Arizona in the second game at 5.4 yards on average on third downs to make the first down. And then against Texas Tech, it was 5.5 yards. So as you can understand, the further back you are, and this is basically me channeling my inner John Madden, but the further back you are, the harder it is to convert on third downs, and the Wildcats converted only three of 11 third downs against the Rainbow Warriors. And Cleel Tate, the Wildcats quarterback, when digesting that game, he said, quote, we had a lot of third and tens, which is a pretty difficult task for the offense, but then he pointed out that they've been doing a better job since then on first and second downs 
in getting closer to the sticks and making it more third and manageable situations. And so, again, I want to bring to your attention that the Arizona Daily Star pointed out what Tate's numbers are on third and six or longer, his completion percentage. On third and six or longer, 39%. Then, if he's in scenarios where he's third and five or less, Tate's completion percentage is up to 63. That is a sizable difference. And once again, shows you how imperative it will be to force Tate to throw the football in long third down, as good as Khalil Tate is. He's got one bad habit that he's not been able to to shake off, and that is running out of bounds before the line of scrimmage instead of just throwing the ball away. Kevin Sumlin, Monday at his press conference, said he has brought this up many a time to Khalil and said, hey, man, just get rid of the football. We're losing yards if you do it the other way. And my first impression is, well, maybe he's trying to be macho by holding on to the football and saying, well, I can do it myself, coach. But then again, if you're going out of bounds, I don't know how macho that is. As far as Cleo Tate, as, as a thrower, he has improved, no doubt about it. The secondary for the Bruins has a big test for them coming up. What Wayne Cook did mention on Tuesday at the Bruin Insider Show, he said that against Washington State, the secondary for the Bruins, they were pressing more. And yes, they did get burned quite a bit. But honestly, I don't care who Mike Leach's air raid offense is playing. It's a top, uh, say a top five team in the SEC. They're still going to pick up good chunks of yardage. So that's basically unavoidable. Now, the six turnovers by the Bruins' defense, I think that means a heck of a lot more. All right, coming up, what in the world was Kevin Sumlin doing last week riding in a helicopter? Appreciate you staying with us for the full flight of this episode of Locked on Bruins. Brian Fenley with you. Kevin Sumlin, now he did this at Texas A&M as well. He convinced the boosters and the athletic department to let him use a helicopter. It was called the Swag Copter at Texas A&M, and that name wants me to regurgitate in my mouth. But Sumlin now has one with Arizona. He has convinced the athletic department, and the bigwigs have granted him his wish. So last week, they the Wildcats had an off week. They had a bye week, so Kevin Sumlin was out on the recruiting trail. And how was he sizing up recruits and getting around, especially the Phoenix area where there's a lot of traffic? Well, yeah, he was using that helicopter. He said, well, when you got games stacked up against each other, 6 or 7 o'clock at night on a Friday, say in Phoenix, where traffic is rampant, 
What better mode of transportation to check out as many recruits as possible in a short amount of time than to do it via a helicopter? So before you laugh or make prejudgments about this, think about, well, this is actually a pretty efficient way of doing things. Now, think about this. Think think of yourself as a recruit who Kevin someone is after, and your coach shows up to your game in high school by parking his helicopter. I think that's got to make you feel pretty important, right? So, look, I was never a high school football player. Look, I'm not going to tell you anything that I'm not. But being around a lot of high school football players when I worked in television in Memphis and other spots, I have so many great relationships with those guys. But what they would always tell me is that, you know, a lot of the job of these coaches is is appeasing egos of these high school players. And so what better ego feeder than to have somebody show up at your game in a helicopter? If that doesn't say I'm important, I don't know what is. And I'll finish off by saying this. If we see the Bruins on Saturday have more touchdowns than this helicopter does in the next week, then I think UCLA is in good hands for a win. All right, so that's it for this episode. Tomorrow, I will recap all the important things Chip Kelly said, his final media availability before kicking off against the Wildcats on Saturday, plus other pertinent storylines that fester throughout the week between the Bruins and Wildcats. I will have it all for you here. So thank you again for tuning in. For Locked on Bruins, I'm Brian Fenley.